I am Mike Greenberg, and we welcome you back to our number two of Get Up. We come to you live every morning from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. We do have our usual crew here, and we will go through all the news of a sports day and look forward to the NFL weekend and everything else. But if you are just joining us, as I opened the show this morning by saying these words, we have breaking news today, and if you are a football fan of my age or older, I'm about to break your heart. Steelers Hall of Famer Franco Harris has died. <clears throat> he was just 72 years old. This comes just days before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, perhaps the most famous play in the history of professional football. It also comes just days before the team is scheduled to retire his number 32. This play, which took place 50 years ago this week, was in so many ways, as we discussed earlier on this program today, the biggest part of the explosion of popularity of professional football, which perhaps not coincidentally became America's most popular sport in that year, the year that it happened, 1972. Franco Harris with this touchdown against the then Oakland Raiders. The Steelers and Raiders will play each other this Saturday night in a 50-year commemoration, and they are scheduled to retire Franco Harris's jersey number 32 at halftime of that game. He will be only the second player from those legendary Steelers teams of the 70s to have his number retired. Mean Joe Green is the other. You see some of the numbers that he amassed during his incredible career. When he retired, he was the third all-time leading rusher in the history of the sport behind only Walter Payton and Jim Brown. Earlier this morning, we had some of the recollections from Chris Berman live here on Get Up. Franco, for all the superstars, right, and you've met a ton, and we all have, was about the most humble, decent, kind, giving. You know, he was much more than this brute of a running back. He, on offense, epitomized the Steelers on defense and the Steelers' grit and really the Steelers' city. Crunch time, you know, one-yard run, 15-yard run, immaculate reception. Franco was always there for the Steelers. That was Boomer with us a little bit earlier. This news comes as an enormous shock, as there was no indication that Franco Harris was in ill health in any way. Again, we, we do not know yet um, the cause of death. But both Brooke Pryor, those of you who watch our show, particularly on Fridays, are very familiar with Brooke. She covers the Steelers for us. She's up here with us every single Friday. And with the events coming up this weekend, Brooke was with Franco Harris yesterday, as was our dear friend Chris Mad Dog Russo. Uh, when I posted something on Twitter this morning about Franco Harris, I was besieged with people saying, I just heard him on your radio show yesterday on Sirius XM. So, Chris, I, I will start with you. You, like I, are, are certainly old enough to have watched his whole career, understand what he meant as a player. You spoke to him yesterday. What are your thoughts this morning? Well, it's very, it's unbelievably eerie. 50th anniversary is on Friday of the actual game. You just mentioned Raiders-Steelers. That was the first history, historical playoff win for Pittsburgh. They had never won a playoff game mm -hmm. prior of this game and then of course they won four Super Bowls and he appeared in uh, six championship games he was lively yesterday sharp as attack knew all about the play a lot of controversy because remember in those days the rule was you could not have an offensive player tip the ball to another offensive player mm -hmm. and the Raiders always thought that the ball hit Fuqua mm -hmm. it did not it hit obviously Jack Tatum and then everybody thought in Raider land that the ball hit the ground Franco said yes he not the case I caught the ball he also said he kind of blacked out out. He doesn't really have a lot of memory of the play. And then he runs the ball uh, into the end zone. He made a good point yesterday about the actual play. Remember, in those days, if you fell down, the play was over. Mm -hmm. And this was the last play of the game. 
and he already caught the ball at the 50-yard line, they would have lost. And he made sure he didn't fall down when he bent over to catch the ball, and he had a lot of momentum. Everybody else was kind of stationary when the ball was in the air. He was going forward. So once he caught it, you knew that he was going to be untouched. You know, this started the Steelers dynasty. I mean, this is simply this play that you see, Bradshaw, fourth down, the great call by Kirk Gowdy and Aldi Regattas. This play started the Steelers. Them and the Cowboys in the 70s, mm-hmm. and this play, uh, this win started, the, started their run. And it really changed the way pro football has been appreciated in this country and has been followed in this country ever since. And, and I have said many times, if, if anyone has ever, any one of you who have ever flown into the airport in Pittsburgh have seen the statue of Franco Harris catching that football, and Brooke Pryor obviously has done that hundreds of times. And, Brooke, you sent me a note that you were – uh, with Franco Harris yesterday, what what can you tell us about um, about him and and about that? Yeah, Greeny, you mentioned the statue. That was exactly why I went to talk to Franco yesterday to ask him about the process of making the statue, what the statue means to him. He told me initially that statue was only supposed to be up six months, and he said, "But it's still standing." And It is eerie and it's it's surreal that I was with him yesterday and he took so much time to not only talk with me sitting in front of the statue's twin at the Heinz History Center, but when we finished there was a family, a dad and his two girls, Reese and Mimi, 15 and 11, and they said, hey Franco, would it be okay to get a picture? They didn't just get a picture. They got a whole history lesson. Franco, the first thing he said was, well, what do you guys know about the 1970s? One of the girls said, well, my mom was born then. Mm. And Franco proceeded to give them, I mean, an entire just lesson about the play, about the Steelers, about what it started. And it wasn't just that. He asked them about the sports that they play, golf and tennis. He told them he played golf at Penn State. And then he took the picture with them, and then he stood there talking to them for a couple more minutes. His schedule was jam-packed this week. His wife, Donna, was standing right there, and she kept saying, Franco, we got to go. Franco, we have things to do. And he stood there, and he kept talking with them. And when I think of Franco Harris, that's what I think of. He's so humble, was so kind and generous with his time. I mean, this is probably the most photographed man in Pittsburgh, gets stopped all the time because he still looks like that 22-year-old that made the catch for the Immaculate Reception, and yet he had time for everyone. That, that's what I'll think of when I think of Franco Harris. That video that you just saw and this picture that you were seeing now, again, were taken yesterday um, as Franco was with Brooke Pryor, and, and that is the twin, as she says, of the statue that you see when you fly into the airport. And, Chris, that's, I, I, I cannot pretend to have known Franco Harris well, but having been around him just a few times, I have personally been able to witness what everyone says, is that he was as humble a superstar as there has ever been. And there was a moment in time when he was as famous as any football player. In the 1970s, he was as famous a player as there was. He was a member of the one-name club, Franco. You didn't need to say the last name. And yet he was such a gentleman and such a humble person. And and that... I'm thinking about that this morning more than I'm thinking about all of the accomplishments on the field. I remember he wore that great number 32. A lot of the great athletes wore number 32, and Jim Brown Mm -hmm. wore number 32, which is interesting, too. And he almost represents a lot what that Steeler team was about. A lot of those Steeler teams, even Bradshaw, you know, was kind of, you know, a lot of people think he was a great quarterback. A lot of humble guys, you know, they had nine, that's nine Hall of Famers mm-hmm. on that team. I mean, there's a lot of great players, and a lot of them blended into a team phenomenally. Remember, that 72 team did not have Swan mm-hmm. and did not have Stallworth. They were not on that team yet. They got there in 74. But think about the Hall of Famers on the 72 game with the Raiders. 
There's about 15 Hall of Famers yeah. on the field. On both, both sides, yeah. Both coaches, mm -hmm. both quarterbacks. I mean, it, it, when you think about it, and listen, that was a – they had a great defense. They won their first two Super Bowls with defense. They won their last two Super Bowls with offense. They beat Dallas 35-31. You remember mm -hmm, the famous Hollywood Henderson thing? Yeah. Bradshaw can't spell cat if you spot on the C, C and the, the A. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, they beat the Rams 31-19. The first two, they ran with him running the ball with Rocky Blyer and their great defense. So they won two with the offense and two with the defense. Yeah, the second one, they were losing in the fourth quarter of that game against the Rams and came back and won it. And as you see on your screen, Franco Harris remains, to this day, the all-time leading rusher in Super Bowl history. Brooke, uh, and, and, and oh, by the way, you mentioned the coaches. The coach of the Raiders was, of course, the legendary John Madden, who went to his grave insisting that the play was illegal. Uh, and, and that's a conversation I had with him, and anyone who wanted to, he would tell you he never believed the Immaculate Reception should have been able to count. It bothered him to his last day. Brooke, what can you tell us about the plans for this weekend? I know it is too soon for them to have adjusted anything, and I, I don't know that there's any reason that they will have to. So what are the plans for this weekend as, again, they have the 50th anniversary commemoration game Saturday against the Raiders. They are retiring his number 32 at halftime. Can you walk us through what we should expect, which will now be, I think, one of the really truly emotional nights in the history of pro football? Yeah, and Greeny, it's not just going to be emotional on Saturday. Friday is the anniversary of the actual play, and the organization has planned this massive celebration honoring it. There's going to be, you know, an availability with Franco and the other members of the team. And then at the exact time and moment that the catch was made, they were all going to go out to the spot that is marked outside of Heinz Field, where the old Three Rivers Stadium was, exactly where he made that catch, and replay the radio broadcast from that. I haven't heard yet what, if anything, will be altered with that. But, you know, this was already a massive weekend in Pittsburgh, and I can imagine that it's only going to get greater because as sad as we all are right now, I think that the city wants to honor and celebrate Franco and everything that he meant to this franchise, to the city, to the fans. And, you know, one of the cool things that I learned yesterday, if you go in the Pittsburgh Sports Museum inside the Heinz, Art, inside the Heinz History Center, there's the actual turf from the Immaculate Reception. They have an X in lights illuminating the spot. Franco had that in his garage for a long time when they cut up the turf from that season. It's the original turf from the from Three Rivers Stadium. He said he ran over there when he knew they were ripping it up and it was just hours before they were supposed to shred up the turf. And he said, hey, can I have that? And they're like, yeah, sure. They cut it up, he kept it in his garage and now it's in the, now it's in the museum. And I, I just get chills thinking about it, but this is going to be a week that, you know, is, is obviously sad and it's tragic, the timing, but I think that everyone is going to pour out to celebrate a life and, and a man who is as great a player even in, in, and an even better human than he was a player. That's beautifully said. Brooke, thank you. And, and obviously, you'll be covering that for us. Chris is here to do first take, as always. Thank you so much. You got And Villa Piano is yeah. going to go to that to this weekend, too. And he, the linebacker who didn't make the tackle, you know, had a chance to make From a the tackle. the Raiders, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the great players. You know, names like Phil Villapiano are names that those of us who are old enough will always remember. That, that's, that's where pro football, as we know it today, was born. If, if you are... My age, a little piece of your childhood died today. Rest in peace, Franco Harris. We will continue with the rest of what will be a, a normal uh, day here as we go on to the rest of the news. But it's very, very sad today. Franco Harris, at the age of 72, has died. You're watching Get Up on ESPN, and we will be right back.
Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. We're back on Get Up, and it is the biggest game of the week. It is one of the biggest games of the year. Eagles, Cowboys, Christmas Eve, still so much at stake. Dallas currently three games back of Philly with three to play. Cowboys keep alive their faint division hopes with a win, while the Eagles would clinch the one seed in the NFC with a victory. But they will very likely play this game without Jalen Hurts, the MVP contender dealing with a sprained throwing shoulder. Coach Nick Sirianni has not ruled him out for Saturday's game. We'll talk more about him in a little while. Right now, we'll talk about Dak Prescott, who's thrown a league-high 10 interceptions since week seven, including two and a pick six that ended the game in a loss to the Jaguars on Sunday. So, Jerry Jones, how do you think your quarterback is playing? Outstanding. We can win with him playing like that to be trite. I thought he played outstanding. And uh, as we see, he wasn't playing against chopped liver out there. And so uh, I thought he did really well. I thought he made good decisions. Overall, if he'll play like that, we can win most games. So I'm hearing Jerry Jones use the term chopped liver. It brought a joy to my heart that I can't begin to explain to you. But that's a whole separate conversation. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. He said he played outstanding. I think by any reasonable measure. That's just not true. He has yes. not been playing right. outstanding. Right. Has he been playing well enough, slash, do you foresee him playing well enough for the, Steel, for the Cowboys, excuse me, to make a run to the Super Bowl this year? It is possible. I have faith in Cousin Dak, in, in Dominique's cousin. Um, but you can't say that his play has been outstanding when since, since what, week seven? He leads the NFL with 10 interceptions. Mm -hmm. um, but again, the, the issue with the Cowboys, it's a lot of different things. And each week it seems like all of them are on display at different times. I think this is a team that has all the talent, has the coaching, has the play calling at times, but they seem to be their own worst enemy. So when we talk about what's the biggest threat to the Cowboys making to the Super Bowl, I think it might actually be the Cowboys themselves because when they are on, when Dak is playing like the Dak that we've seen throughout his career, 
I think this is a very good team and a Super Bowl contending team. But you cannot end a game on a pick six. You cannot have a defense that is inconsistent, especially when we talk about that is the strength of this team. Yeah. They, they've given up double-digit leads in both games they've lost yeah. since Dak came back. So we can talk about the quarterback all we want. The defense is part yeah. of the story. I here. think the defense is a big part of the story. They've been dealing with some injuries, but the fact of the matter is having leads, the offense gave them leads in the second half, and we expected this team to be built around their pass rush, and once they get a lead, they're not going to give it up because no one's going to be able to block them. Right. But I do think that they're in a really fortuitous position right now because because as Dak is struggling, even in the course of these games where he struggles, he's shown that he can put it all together and lead a 98-yard scoring drive. Or also in this game in the first half, he was really good. But you look around the league or look around the NFC, and he might be the best quarterback in, who's healthy right now, who's playing. So if you can find that level of that, and the turnovers are a problem, but through his career, I think it's the lowest interception rate of any quarterback in football through his career. So these picks are a momentary blip. I can understand where Jerry Jones' confidence is coming from as long as they shore things up on the other they side. They are the out of character. Whether right. they're a blip or not, I guess we will find out. Ninko is doing a victory lap today because <laughs> he spent all of Thursday and Friday on this show telling us the Jaguars were yep. going to win. It, how would you describe the level of concern if you're a, if you're a hardcore passionate Dallas Cowboys fan today? How worried are you about this team? I'm more worried about the defense and, and I guess the inconsistencies because right. one time one game you'll be like, oh, wow, they're, they're elite. And then the next game you're like, yo, what's going on right now? So you look at Dak. Yeah, turnovers. OK, but like you said earlier in the show, turnovers, the interceptions, that is sometimes are tipped. You know, the, yeah. it's on the receiver. They're not running but the right if route. But die-hard Cowboys fan, are you that, like, are you able to look at it objectively like that? Like, it's not all Dak. Aren't you looking at your quarterback? If you are a die-hard Cowboys fan and you're watching the quarterbacks that are in the league, you, no matter what the defense does, you want your quarterback to win you the game. You want your quarterback not to be throwing interceptions. I think if you are a diehard Cowboys fan, you are not that even keel and level-headed about the situation. Well, I think if you're a diehard Cowboys fan, you've had some moments throughout history. Tony <laughs> Romo dropped the snap. Like, there's some moments, the, the, uh, not getting on the ball quick enough yeah, last yeah, year. Like, yeah. you're, you're literally pulling your own hair out. You're right. Uh, the penalties this year, like, yes. we even talked about also the penalties, which that can cost you in a playoff game. We, we are at the most important part of the season now. Right. On November 20th, essentially a month ago, mm -hmm. the Cowboys beat Minnesota 40-3. to And we all decided, and we weren't wrong, yeah. they looked like the best team in football. Who takes the blame for this? It, sometimes it's the quarterback. Sometimes it's the defense. Sometimes, sometimes it's other the factors. Coordinator. Like, sometimes, yeah. I think you're walking me right up to the head coach. <laughs> well, that's kind <laughs> yeah. of where I was trying to lead you. I mean, if, if it's a problem here, a problem there, problems everywhere, and it's not one spot that you can focus on or one player, then you have to go to McCarthy. I know early in the season when they were playing well, I had to fight people. You and I were together fighting people to give Mike McCarthy credit. Because mm -hmm. even though we don't know what he's doing, he's leading this unit. Mm -hmm. And now when these things are not working out, I do think that when there are holes all over the ship and some of them pop up here and there, then you have to look to the head coach to make some of these decisions and uh, and kind of patch all this up and keep it running. That, that play that we just showed you there, that play call on a third and ten at the end of the game Sunday against Jacksonville has been summarily ripped to shreds here on this set this week. How much of the if they should get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, oh, God help us no, by no, no, Tom no, no. Brady. Is that a fire everybody game? Is that fire everybody I if that happens? 
Imagine Jerry oh. not not shaking, talking about shaking a snow globe. I think he's shaking the star upside down if that were to happen. Yeah, I mean, that, literally, you just walk in the door. First round? Yeah, have no. a fire everybody. And then we go on. <laughs> Sean figure Payton, it out Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Yeah. Right. Uh, hey, uh, yes, uh, Sean Payton. Yes, uh, we, we need you in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. In the meantime, let's play a game called Fact or Fiction. Ninko, I'm starting with you. Tom Brady should retire after this Ooh. season. Is that fact or fiction? That's fact, man. Back. Come on now. Hey, just look at him in the interview. Sometimes I just want to give him a cheeseburger. He just looks like he needs to eat some more. But anyway, you know, again, I think this season as a whole, you look at Tampa, it's disappointing. Just It is disappointing defensively, offensively, yeah. receiving core, injuries, offensive line. Everything that's gone wrong for this team has gone wrong. And Tom Brady, obviously, he has, what, $325-plus million to go sit in the booth and talk yeah. about football? That's Wait not too bad, huh? Kmart, the yes. Jaguars are going to win the AFC oh, South. Greeny. Fact or fiction? Greeny, greeny, this is a fact. Listen, the Jaguars, what they, what are they? They already have the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Titans. When you look at the way the Titans have played of late, and you look at Jacksonville, it looks like teams headed in opposite directions mm-hmm. between the GM, the, like, everybody. It seems like disarray in Tennessee. And Jacksonville, they finished the season with the Titans. I think they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. They play tomorrow night here against the Jets. Neek, Tua and the Dolphins will miss the playoffs. Fact or fiction? I think that's fiction. I, I was really encouraged. I know they don't do moral victories, but the big question about the weather, I didn't think the weather being cold was a concern, but they went up there and they played well in those conditions, and they have three winnable games coming up against the Packers, the Patriots, and the Jets. Those are all teams that I think that they should beat, and they're going to be able to go up to New England and play in the cold. I think they definitely win at least two of those games, which gives them a really good chance of getting in the playoffs. We'll see, right now the Chargers feel like they've worked their way into position. It's the Jets, the Dolphins and the Patriots fighting for that last spot. Meanwhile, did everybody see this yesterday? So the Argentinian football team, the soccer team, the uh, national team led by Messi came back to Buenos Aires and in the streets of that city yesterday, there were four million people who turned out to celebrate, Dominique. They actually had to cut the celebration short because there were too many people. It was not safe. Four million people were in the streets of Buenos Aires yesterday. That seems like a fun scene, and if we have hope that we are ever going to be competitive in world football, this is why we're not. Because we don't care that much about soccer, but this is fun to see them enjoy it. I, I, I remember going to the Yankees parade like in high school when they won the World Series, and that, I thought, was just the biggest thing ever. That is wild. People were literally jumping off of bridges trying to jump onto their bus, and one guy even fell off. Like, that is wild stuff in Argentina. The fact that you were in high school and I was covering that series is something I'm just going to leave here. And, of course, Nico obviously did the duck boat celebrations once upon a time when they won Super Bowls. Coming up, the truth hurts. The Eagles' magic carpet ride of a season hits some choppy air. Should the quarterback play this week, whether he is cleared or not? We will dive into that. Plus, are the pack really back? Can Rodgers save his season and their season and their future? We'll answer all the questions next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we are back on Get Up. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts remains uncertain for the huge game this weekend with the Cowboys with a shoulder injury. Both Hurts and the head coach Nick Sirianni were talking about his availability yesterday. He's at a sprained shoulder, and I do not put it past Jalen Hurts. I don't put anything past Jalen Hurts um, as far as his mental and physical toughness. So there's a chance he could play this week. Definitely a chance. Um, taking it day by day, though. I'm taking everything one day at a time with it and um, preparing versus a really good defense. We're going we're gonna to talk about that defense today. Make sure we don't miss that. All right, so that obviously is a little related to the Micah Parsons stuff of last week, which feels like a very long time ago, considering the Cowboys blew a big lead and lost to Jacksonville, which takes a lot of the significance out of this game, mm -hmm. which begs the question, Kimberly Martin, mm -hmm. even if he is theoretically healthy enough to play, should he this weekend? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, I think Dominique brought up a good point earlier, which is this is the cushion that they've built. This cushion is what gives them the advantage to rest him. I think Jalen Hurts, the competitor, why he's such a good quarterback, why his guys love him, is the fact that he will do whatever he can to play. And you see, you saw in that game, even after he got hurt, he threw a 68-yard pass to A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown said afterwards, that just shows how tough he is because I didn't know anything was wrong with him. But you sometimes have to save guys from themselves, and there's no reason to put him out there. I will say, this week, sit him, fine. But I would like to see him at some point before the playoffs start, because if they clinch that number one seed, they're going to have a long layoff. 34 days if he does not play in any of these three games. To me, that is too long. Does he have to play between now and the playoffs? Yeah, he's going to have to play before the playoffs. So I agree with you this week. Sit him down, mm -hmm. relax. 
take it easy. We got it. Um, but if you don't play until the playoffs, that's when you kind of lose the momentum. Yeah. And you need that momentum in the playoffs. It's vital that, that you go into the playoffs feeling good. One of the subjects that's come up here, though, Dominique, and you and I have had conversations involving different players yeah. about the number of hits that quarterbacks take, mm -hmm. is about how many times they put him in harm's way. A, a, a big part of what makes this team so good and what makes him so good is that he is not just an, make, made himself into an excellent pocket passer, but his ability to run with the football is about as good as practically any quarterback not named Lamar Jackson. So how much of that would you be curtailing yeah, under these to. circumstances? It, it, it scares me, but you have to. I think he had 119 design runs, which is 33 more than the second most design runs for a quarterback in the season. It's a big part of their offense. And I do think this hurts this team because you don't want to take that risk because you know that if he gets hit on it again, then it not only impacts his running ability, it could impact his throwing ability. So, yeah, it, it makes this offense much more limited. I'm interested in what this team is going to look like when you take that off the table because I, I think that you have it in the game plan, but you don't call those unless you absolutely have to. The zone reads, they are going to force you to keep, force Jalen Hurts to keep the ball. So I, I just, it, it limits their offense to a degree that's scary to me and we're not going to see what it looks like until closer to the playoffs. If, if you're uh, on the defensive side of the ball, how much of a factor is all of that? Oh, it's huge. I mean, when you're a defender, especially outside linebacker, defensive end, when you're running those RPOs yeah. and you actually have to read the mesh, it slows everything down, but it also creates space in those intermediate routes. So the secondary, the linebackers, even the front, when you don't have a guy that is as mobile, you can literally pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. So when you have a mobile quarterback, mm -hmm. it changes everything in, in your approach to how you prepare for a game. And when you think about Jalen Hurts, 184 QB contacts. That's third behind Justin Fields and Daniel Jones. Mm. That's not a group I want to be in because mm -hmm. we have talked ad nauseum about how many hits Justin Fields has taken, especially despite what Michael <coughs> Parsons thinks. Jalen Hurts, to me, is the, is the catalyst for this offense and the reason that they're so special and dynamic. So you want him healthy. That shoulder, those legs, you want him fully protected at all times. And, and, and look, I mean, in the big picture, we talk about Josh Allen. He gets yeah. hit yes. all the time. People keep Jeff, telling yeah. me, oh, he's so big, nothing bad. You know what? Once upon a time, people used to say that to me about Cam Newton. Right. He's so big, Greeny. Yeah. They don't make him like this guy, Greeny. And you know what? 32 years old, he's out of the league. Right. So, I mean, quarterbacks are not meant to get hit that Nobody's much. Nobody's meant to get hit that much. <laughs> right. But for a guy like Josh Allen or Cam Newton, it catches up with you at some point. But nobody cares about it at some point right now mm -hmm. when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So uh, I think what happened to Jalen Hurts is much more impactful as a defensive coordinator. There are some plays that you can't even call when the quarterback's athletic. Mm -hmm. Everything's back on the table now. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. Again, I, I think the overall expectation is that he will not play. Sal Palantonio told us earlier this morning the Eagles have been preparing as though Gardner Minshew will be their quarterback. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, the Packers have won a couple of games in a row with a bye in between. They beat the Bears, they beat the Rams, and they have kept alive their playoff hopes. Here was Rodgers talking about that with Pat McAfee yesterday. I feel good about uh, the momentum we're creating. Now, people would be like, oh, you beat a couple bad football teams. Yeah, but we, we won a couple games in a row. And, and honestly, in this league, it honestly doesn't matter who you beat when you start stacking some things together and, and the momentum starts to roll this the confidence grows you just kind of get this thing this mojo going and you know we feel like we can beat anybody okay so i want you to explain to me the line that you used earlier again this morning are the packers going to make the playoffs no greeny a mean girl's line for you 
please stop trying to make fetch happen. No more. I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to hear about the Packers because he's saying, and I get it, Aaron, you got to have confidence. You got to have faith, but I do not because he's saying we can beat anybody. <clears throat> Problem is they haven't for much of the season. That is why we are here. And with three yeah. games to go, this is for him to say, oh, we've got all this confidence. I understand. It's not just about their confidence. It's about their record. It's about the rest of the teams in the NFC. The Vikings have already clinched the division. Like the Lions are a team that is catching people by surprise. And I do not want to face them if they make the playoffs. So uh, it's not just about the Packers feeling confident. It really is a numbers game. Numbers. I, I have to be honest. I, I do like happy, confident Aaron Rodgers more than the one that we've been seeing all season. So I like him in his Christmas sweater. I like him being encouraging. They need a reason to show up to work and be motivated. Yeah. And yes, they have to say it to themselves. But you're right. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. But I am a little bit more encouraged for them next year. Like the offensive line is, is important. They're playing pretty well, which matters. I think you need to imagine what happened for Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. When a quarterback who's great gets to this part of his career, I think that you really need to make things around them as good as possible. And to me, that means improving this defense, which is talented but hasn't lived up to expectations in the last several years. If you give them a good defense, the offensive line plays well. They have two great running backs, two young receivers that yep. are super promising. I think this team is scary for next year. Until yes. next year, they are not going to get my confidence. Let's talk about this weekend at Miami. So that, that's where they're going. The Dolphins have everything in the world to play for. Mm -hmm. They also have a huge scheduling advantage. They have a long week. They played Saturday night. Packers have a short week. They played Monday, and they're going on the road. If the, if the Packers lose this game, it's all for naught anyway. What chance do you give them to go down to Miami and beat the Dolphins? 5%. That's all. You, yeah. you, you're not giving them – oh, but they're about a touchdown underdog. Uh, yeah, I'm not giving them a big shot to go down there and win. You look at Miami, they're fighting for their playoff lives right now too. So you, you look at Miami and then you look at just the, the state of the team, where they're at and where the Packers are at. The Packers have beat two terrible teams the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So the Rams are what? What are the Rams? Yeah, so they're they not have, very good. They're very bad. They're very bad. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you look at the teams that they, they won, great. It's, it's, oh, yeah, this is fun. We just won two games in a row. I just don't see them going down to Miami, especially and getting the job. They have four wins. The team they beat before that, the Bears have three wins. So yeah. that's not that, that's the math. Miami's offense. We would have had a different conversation if we were talking about a week ago before this game that Miami had mm. in Buffalo. Yeah, 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 Miami's yeah. offense looks like it's back. Those receivers look unstoppable again. The defense still has huge question marks, but if you look at the Packers, they're bigger question marks everywhere. So I think Miami wins this game. At, at the risk of having you yell at me, I didn't see the movie Mean Girls. Oh, what does don't movie. make fetch happen? mean what 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 is it that's not going to happen greedy stop trying to bring something that died a long time ago <laughs> back to life it is over it is over stinky cheese right <laughs> draw your little pictures yeah, look, cheese. Cheese. it's right i mean ninko was holding up signs that said yeah. they are weeks done ago. months weeks ago, ago yeah. on this show maybe he was right we'll see uh, we give rogers a puncher's chance in south florida this week <laughs> meanwhile the inaugural jumpman invitational is in charlotte tonight michigan and north carolina should be great Coverage begins 7 Eastern on ESPN. All right, coming up. So jolly old Saint Nink gave us his nice list a little earlier. Now it's Neek's turn to give you his naughty list. Who's on it and who's number one? You'll find out next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We are back on this very busy day in sports. In case you missed it, the stunning news overnight in baseball. Carlos Correa is heading to the Mets instead of the Giants, agreeing to a 12-year, $315 million deal. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, didn't he just have a 13-year, $350 million contract with the Giants? Yes, he did. He had been scheduled for an introductory news conference yesterday. That got postponed after an undisclosed medical concern. And so now Correa comes to the Mets, who have spent more than $800 million on free agents this offseason, including Justin Verlander and now Correa. And that's over $200 million more than any other team has handed out to free agents in a single offseason. The Mets payroll is currently, looks like it will be over $380 million for next season. So a remarkable moment and morning in the world of sports. And next up, let's play a game called Contender Kryptonite. Kmart, what is Kansas City's Kryptonite? Well, they've got the best quarterback in the league, Greeny, but I'm going to say their defense. When you look at how they've played, it's been woefully inconsistent, especially the middle of the field. The linebacker play, the pass rush. Chris Jones has been asked to do a lot. Uh, Spagnola, I don't know. He's got to get these guys playing more consistently because this is a team that's good enough to win the Super Bowl, but that defense gives me pause. Neek, what is Buffalo's kryptonite? Yeah, the way they've been playing lately, I think it's hard to pick one thing, but it's Josh Allen. He's their best player, and he's the most important catalyst if he goes back to those kind of red zone turnover issues and those risky passes that don't turn out well. That's how they lose. Other than that, I think Josh Allen is also their superpower. So their kryptonite is Josh Allen, how he plays in the playoffs. I see how you use both of those there. That was very sneaky. Little, yeah. little mind <laughs> trick there. Ninko, what is the Cowboys' kryptonite? Uh, it's got to be Dak in the turnovers. You have to limit the turnovers, especially in the playoffs. He's got 11 interceptions on the season. That, that really is not going to get it done. If you throw, throw more than one interception in the playoffs, you have a 75% chance of losing. So that is a kryptonite for the Dallas Cowboys. you got to protect the football, Dak. That's your number one goal moving forward. All right, so earlier we played you sound uh, a soundbite from Jerry Jones on the radio in Dallas saying that he thinks his quarterback has been outstanding. 
He was also, Jerry Jones was, asked yesterday if his team is currently a tier below the top dogs in the NFC. Here's what he said. Step back seems a little harsh. We've got to realize that when we get there, the San Francisco is going to be really ready to play, even though they're on their third quarterback. We're so lucky to be able to sit here and say we can be better after we've played these last three games. That's the key. Not what you saw this weekend, but what you're going to see when we get in those playoffs. And we have a chance. We've got the weeks to do it. We're talking about uh, a month to get this team better, and we can do it. Now, it's interesting. Yesterday, when we played the Michael Irvin soundbite from Monday, you guys sort of all told me, Michael has run out of things to yeah. say. Like, at this point, he's just like, wait till you see us. We're going to get better. <laughs> yes. And that's kind of what that sounded like. That's Jerry saying, yeah, we need to be better a right. month from now. It's funny how you, he said that he's not a tier below, but we do need to get better. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you're in leadership position, you have to understand what you're trying to accomplish in this communication. And it seems like he could tell they were down and they needed to be lifted up, which is why he would say something as absurd as as Dak Prescott was outstanding, yeah. but she was not outstanding. Right. But he, he's not wrong. When you look at the field of the NFC, he's not wrong when he says that they still are in great shape. Mm -hmm. You look at the field at NFC, a limited Jalen Hurts. Uh, 49ers team is down to their third quarterback. All, uh, I mean, then those are only two, like, legitimate contenders. And then this team that has shown the ability to play, like, the best team in football and is not dealing with a major injury to the most important position on their team. They dealt with that already. They, yeah, they already dealt with it. So, yeah, this team, I still feel like they are in as good a shape as they've been in a long time looking at the, the field. That's fair, but Kmart, yes. right now, if this was like college and you had to rank the teams in the NFC, mm -hmm. where would the Cowboys rank? They would, in the NFC, they'd be third. I, I think the 49ers and the Eagles are better than them. And I think... When I hear what you're saying about the Cowboys, they, they can be better. But I think that's what's so frustrating right. when you watch the Cowboys year after year because they have the talent. But each week it is something different. It is either a DAC turnover or it's questionable play calling. Like instead of running out the clock, it's like they're calling a pass play. It's like, what are we doing? Um, the defense, the lapses. If they could all figure it out they'd be in great shape but what gives you what gives you uh, hope that they can do that we see the roster we yeah. see the talent but year in and year out we're waiting for the Dallas Cowboys that we expect to show up to continue showing up Ninko are they definitively the third best team and by that I mean are the other two the Eagles and Niners in your view definitively better than that yeah Yes, 100%. So you look at the Eagles, they are what they are, especially with Hurts. Right. If, he, if, he if he can be healthy, right. get back to where he was, which I think he will. And then the 49ers seem to be, like, just ascending and just climbing when you look at just the energy that they're playing with. And they're playing with a third-string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. But mm -hmm. he's playing amazing football right now. So if they were to play each other right now, mm -hmm. I think the Cowboys lose to both of those teams. And they're going to play them this week. So we'll see with a backup quarterback. The, the, most likely. Taking the, Eagles. the difference, the, the thing that would make me feel a little bit more comfortable with the Cowboys against the 49ers is we have not seen Brock Purdy in and a bad situation. Right, right. Like we've yeah. seen Dak in bad situations. and We've seen him succeed in those bad situations as recently as a couple weeks ago. I, I think that we have, or at least I have more faith in Dak in that situation. When Brock Purdy is down two touchdowns in the second half, we don't know what quarterback we're going to get there. No matter how good their defense is or how good their playmakers are that's not going to matter when we know you got to pass right. you got to drop back and but throw there's it. immense pressure on Dak 
and the entire Cowboys franchise. He used it, to it. I mean, back Dak, Dak was was born in that darkness. Like he was a fourth round <laughs> draft pick who started for that team, and yeah, they beat almost everybody. Paid. He's also gotten paid, and there are questions each and every week. We're talking about all the issues with the team, mm -hmm. but Dak is the focus, as he should be as a quarterback. All right. So as we work our way towards Christmas here and a very mm. very happy holiday season, of one and all, we have enlisted two members of our team today <laughs> to do lists. So well, earlier, I don't got no teeth. Earlier this morning, <laughs> Nink did. Nice. He did the nice list. Now, Neek is going to do naughty. He has got the naughty list. Here are Dominique Foxworth, the Foxy Five. Who is on the NFL naughty list this season, Dominique? All right, well, first I got to go with something that I don't know if it's naughty or nice, but it hasn't been in the show, so I'm forcing it into the show right now. McCrary's tipped interception to Kalu in that game. Let's watch this particular play. We haven't had it in the show all week. I've been fighting to get it in the mm -hmm. show all week. There, look at this. Look at the intelligence right there. The ball skills is, oh, that's a thing of beauty. You all should be ashamed of yourselves making us talk about these stupid quarterbacks all the time. We don't get a chance. <laughs> so you're to saying watch great the naughty play. list, you're putting our producers on. Yes, it there we go. For that, not talking I, enough about that. Play. I've been trying all week to fit this in the show, but we got in there finally. All right, next we got Zach Wilson, who's number four on my naughty list. He played better this week, but. Honestly, it's not as much about his play on the field as it is about how his teammates have responded to him. It's so rare. I'm not in that locker room. I don't know what he's doing or saying wrong or how he's behaving, but there's something to be said for a guy who is not a captain on his college team yeah. and a guy who a team clearly has turned against to some degree. I'm not sure that he's a good or bad person, but whatever he's been doing, he's been doing it wrong. Hopefully he's changed that going forward and it'll mean something for that team. Well, the coaches put him on the naughty list. They they deactivated him for three games. That's about as naughty as it and gets. Next, number three is my favorite. So happy to put Bill Belichick on this list. Oh, it's so great. He's been so great, outsmarted everyone for so many years. But this week, he's given up a punt return, or excuse me, a punt block right. because his his end wasn't paying attention, and then there's this play. This magnificent play of foolishness that ends <laughs> with this stiff arm through the earth in a defensive <laughs> game or defensive player ending the game, not going, oh gosh, it's so great because we talk about how smart Bill Belichick is, how his teams never make mistakes, and how they are going to win in those tight situations. He's not been doing it this year, and it makes me happy to put him on that naughty list it, for the first time. It might time. be the naughtiest final play in NFL history. And uh, he doesn't care because he has a bunch of rings, but fine, I'm happy with it. The entire NFC South is on the naughty list. The Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Panthers, they don't have one team that's above 500. I was going to say Tom Brady. I was going <clears> to <throat> say the Bucks, or just pick one team. But then you look at the standings and you realize they all stink. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's terrible. They all deserve to be on the naughty list. Yeah, and the Bucks are six and eight. Everyone else is five and nine. Should they not get to host? I, I keep hearing this from people. So, Should they not get the home game? They're going to get in the playoffs. Should they not get the home game? They don't deserve it. But I like that the division championship matters. So Kay. they still get the home game, Kay. even though they haven't earned it. And number one. Nathaniel Hackett. They, he, he started the season really poorly, and he has a loaded roster, a great defense, a quarterback who we've seen ha have success, receivers who we know are awesome, possibly the most talented defense in the league. And somehow they underachieve and embarrass themselves week in and week out. This has been probably the most disappointing thing so far on the season. And I don't care what you say. I'm not putting Jeff Saturday on the list. Uh, fair enough. He, he doesn't go on that no. list on this show. But let's bring in Kimberly Martin. And let's bring in jolly old Saint oh, Nink. Oh, oh. 
Christmas, everybody. <laughs> well, ho, ho, ho. That's it. That's all you got. Johnny Line is all. <laughs> I have a gift for you. Ooh, there. This is for Mr. Dominique Foxworth. Ah, have you been a good boy? Let's see what it is. It's a it's a piece of paper that says coal. <laughs> <laughs> But Cole, well, Santa didn't have his bag. As Wait, what about Santa. me? No, you Kimberly me. Martin, no you're cheese, a very no good girl. I will say, you like my list? Yeah, it looks just fine. <laughs> they all get Cole. I'm more upset about the no present. Um, Zach Wilson should be higher, actually. Oh. Because that's, that's it's depressing. He's got a chance to play his way off the naughty list tomorrow night. Let's see yeah. if he's able to take advantage of it <laughs> against Jacksonville. I like it. Thank you for the naughty list. Thank you, oh, jolly old Saint Nick, for the nice list and the cold. Greeny, you're a good boy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we've got the annual NBA oh, on gosh. Christmas Day tradition again this year. Five star-studded games on ESPN and ABC. We got the Sixers and the Knicks, Lakers, Mavs, Bucks, and Celtics, Grizz and Warriors, Suns and Nuggets will cap off your night. A full day of basketball coming your way on ABC and ESPN. Meanwhile, first take coming up next. Can Jalen Hurts win MVP if he misses games? Plus, who's under more pressure to make the Super Bowl, Dallas or Philly? We'll find out. First take, top of the hour here on ESPN. All right, tonight, Bowl Mania marches on in the Bayou, Western Kentucky, South Alabama. Uh, the New Orleans Bowl, 9 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. We thank you all for being with us today. We certainly did have a lot of fun. But again, our top story today, the sad news. Rest in peace, Franco Harris, one of the all-time great players and gentlemen we've ever known. First Take starts now. 